Yo, 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 yo. Let's go. It's the Great Debate Show. Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith, Nick Ely. We're all back. Better than ever, baby. In the building on a Friday. A fantastic Friday. Talk about Thursday night football. We have to talk about the Panthers getting the win. Uh, the day before Black Panther uh, is released. 11 means black in Gematria. I'll explain. But the Panthers get the win. Hope people made some money off of it. We also have... So much more to talk about in uh, in football. Week ten predictions. Man, the 49ers took a a a hard, 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 uh, devastating injury once again uh, with Jason Verrett. Thought we were going to get him back uh, to uh, pretty much replace Emmanuel Mosley, who's out for the season. That is not looking good right now. And uh, so much more to talk about. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Is his elbow injury going to affect OBJ from signing there? Is he going to Dallas? Is he going to Green Bay? So much to talk about and discuss right now on The Great Debate Show, available wherever you get your podcast, follow and download. Guys, how y'all feeling, man? Hey, I feel good here, man. How you guys doing? Uh, it's, it's a good morning. It's, it's a little chilly out here, but uh, it's a good morning, man. Yeah. Friday, looking forward to the weekend. It's, uh, it's good. Good, right. good. Yeah, the, the chill is trying to creep up, but I'm not happy about it. All right. It is definitely coming. Definitely coming. All right, guys. Winter is coming. <laughs> Winter is coming. All right, Sting. <laughs> okay, uh, so, yeah, we, 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 we got all these games to talk about. We're not going to focus on a lot of those games this weekend, just the more intriguing ones. And um, But first, let's, let's, let's get this thing cracking with um, our, our debate that we were talking about with the, with the best defensive players in the NFL. And a lot of people have their, you know, their opinion. A lot of people think it's Mika Parsons. It seems like only Niner fans are saying Nick Bosa. Uh, a lot of people still think it's T.J. Watt when he's healthy, but he's not right now. Hell, Von Miller. Some people think his name should still go on the list, which is remarkable in my opinion, considering how long he's been around uh, in the in the NFL. So I'll start with you guys, though. Who is the best NFL defensive player right now before we get into these games? Right now. Yeah, I mean, I it's like I was saying in the tweet, man. I'm I'm going to roll with Michael Parsons. I just I just think that he is so electric and what he can do playing uh, linebacker, cover linebacker, uh, and of course his pass rushing abilities. I do think that the Cowboys have kind of, to an extent, made him one dimensional because last year they had to line him up in different places because of injuries, and he was just so doggone good. He's still very good, but I feel like. There's still more that he can do on the field, but they have kind of made him one-dimensional as a pass rusher, lining him up on the end uh, every time. But I'm still going to give him my vote just based on his versatility alone. Okay. I'm an Eagles fan, as we all know, and, uh, you know, so it's very difficult for me to say, but Michael Parsons is the best defensive player in the league. Uh, I got to agree with Terrence there. Uh, I said in the tweet yesterday, you know, he's the only guy I can think of in the league that can, you know, you can line him up as a pass rusher against a Lane Johnson or a Trent Williams and feel like that's a matchup we can, he can win. Obviously, uh, Lane Johnson was able to kind of hold him at bay, but, uh, you know, it might have just been Lane's day. Um, you know, you, you know, so he can line up and do that. He can pass rush with the best of them, with the Miles Garrett's and the Von Millers and, and the Nick Posters of the world. And then he can drop in coverage and cover somebody like a, like a Travis Kelsey or a Dan Waller. Or, or Mark Andrews, and then you know you can also look at him and say, okay, hey, well this week we're playing the Ravens, we need we need a, a quarterback spot for Lamar Jackson. 
he can be the guy to do that. Um, so I mean that that's that's just a, a combination of talents of size and strength and speed and skill that um, I don't think anybody else has in the league, and, and it's not something that we've seen uh, quite that often. Okay. Um, yeah, Mika Parsons is a good, is a very good player. I was raving about him last season. You all know that. Uh, the Cowboys was one of my NFC. They, I picked them to win the NFC for other reasons, not football, but that's neither here nor there. It just seems like lately since I've been looking at him, it seems like most teams are trying to run at him now, though, and that, that is definitely a, a weak link. That's a flaw. Not saying that he has many, but that's a flaw, and it's kind of a huge flaw for me because, uh, you know, like players like Javon Curse back in the day, that were good pass rushers, but sometimes, uh, you know, you could run at them. Simeon Rice, Javon Kerr, some of these guys off the edge that were a little thin, but they, you know, they could get to the quarterback. They would run screens at them and run at them. Mika Parsons. First name that came to my mind was Dwight Freeney. Dwight Freeney is another good one, T. Yes. Hey, man, the Colts got ran on. I mean, they would get. I remember a game where I want to say the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. I think both of their running backs had like 200 yards or some crazy shit like that. Yeah, yeah, but but what what made Freeney so good and how people probably didn't realize that? Well, the real football fans knew, people that know football, but, you know, like when they got up, which they did a lot, when the coach would get up on you a touchdown or two, that's when they would just pin their ears back and they would just rush the quarterback, and they could do so because you were in a throwing situation to try to come back from what Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and those guys would do. Uh, but, yeah, he was another good one that really wasn't that good against the run. That's what I see with Parsons. Now, with all that being said, if that's the case, can he be the best defensive player in the league? I think not. I think it's close. But, man, what about Nick Bosa? Uh, what about Aaron Donald? He's still balling. It's just the Rams aren't playing good. But he's still playing good. He still causes so much attention. He brings so much attention, you know, to, to what he does. And everybody's focused on him. How can we block him? How can we keep him out of our backfield? That's just how that's just how it is when you're that good and that skilled at this position. And Nick, I'm surprised you didn't even use your boy Big Play Slay because he is playing good football, and I'm surprised he's, on how good he's, he's playing, playing in great his football, age. But 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 I mean, the thing about it for me with Michael Parsons is that there's so many different elements of the game he can affect, and and the same it's the same reason why why I put him over uh, at least for this just based on this season, put him over somebody like an Aaron Donald or even a Nick Bosa. Yeah. Because, you know, th those guys aren't, aren't going to have any impact covering. They're not going to cover anybody down the field. And Michael Parsons, a lot of it, and, you know, like I said, go, you know, go run with Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller or whoever. Uh, maybe even some receivers he can go, he, you know, he can go downfield for, uh, you know, in a pinch. I'm right. not saying he's going to line up and be your starting cornerback by any stretch of the imagination. But, right. uh, you know, hey, if, it, if it's a, a big time third down play, and you're like, all right, well, look, we're going to get this look. But we need somebody that can drop out and, and cover this flat mm -hmm. against a slot receiver. Mm -hmm. Michael Parsons can do that. And yeah. um, you know, not, not, and uh, and he can also be your spy for a guy like Lamar Jackson or or even a uh, Jalen Hurts or you know whoever the case may be. So um, there's not there's not anybody else in the league that that has that combination. So I do agree that his his inability to be quite as effective against the run um, is probably his only real weakness. Uh, but I can't really hold it against him because again, he's 240 pounds. I mean, you know, it, it, that's not really his job. Right. Yeah. Well. Okay. All right, I'm going to say, just for now, I need to see a little bit more, but just for now, I'm going to still roll with the, and I know this is the easy pick, but Aaron Donald's still probably the best defensive player in all of football still, just because of what he brings to the table, what he can do, and how much attention that he brings to himself. Everybody has to focus on him. 
you know, when there's other people, you know, like, damn, we don't care about Ramsey. We don't care about whoever else is coming out the edge. We don't care about that linebacker, that corner, that safety. We got to focus on Aaron Donald. Uh, I'm going to say, we got a cornerback that we signed in free agency from Kansas City, Chavarius Ward. Before he pulled his growing, and I don't know, he's been kind of week to week on that. Uh, he's, he's tried to play through it, but you can tell that it's bothering him. Before that growing injury, he was looking like a damn good player that nobody's talking about because the Niners, you just think of the 49ers as a defense as a whole. But that guy was holding his own whenever somebody would throw it in his direction, whenever somebody targeted his receiver. So uh, he was playing. He's been playing pretty good football also. But anyway, that's enough. We just wanted to just chime in on it because that was the topic of discussion on social media yesterday with the Great Debate Show. And you can follow the Great Debate Show. Just type it in on the search page on Facebook, the Great Debate Show, and you can get in on all of our debates. Um, we're going to come back and we're going to do something else on the next episode, and it will not be sports. Finally going to get us a debate in where it will not be sports. Uh, all right, so now, guys, before we get into the, the, the Week 10 games, first let's talk about um, Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills have been considered the Super Bowl champions already, favorites, I mean. They're, they're heavy AFC favorites going into the season. I only had them losing like two games. They've already lost those two games, however, and they've lost them within the division, something that no one expected. That's to the Bills. That was to the Jets just this past week. And now Josh Allen has a injury with his elbow, and it's some nerve, it's some nerve stuff going on in there. I don't know the exact word for it. I think it's UCL or something or something with a C in it that's going on in his elbow, and it could really, really, really harm his throwing, and I don't even think he's going to play, guys. It may be Case Keenum starting up for the Buffalo Bills as they host the Minnesota Vikings. My question to you guys are, has the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl window kind of been closed shut, or at least is it in doubt now that Josh Allen may miss some games here, and if he does, does OBJ still sign there? We don't know where he's going, and we're going to talk about OBJ in a moment. But is this is he going to mark this team off the list if Josh Allen misses games? If you know this is his throwing arm. On top of that, it could affect him. Now I seen him throw a fifty yard bomb after the injury uh, in last week's game when they were trying to come back and get the win. But still, that was still during the game. We don't know what that elbow has. You know, we don't know how it's feeling and what's going on now. He's day to day. Give me your take. We'll start with Terrence. What do you think about Buffalo Super Bowl chances now? with their quarterback, uh, you know, it's kind of iffy with his elbow. Well, um, I think it's, it's absolutely a red flag. First of all, the red flag is, is just the fact that they've gotten beat by some some teams that they might have to see again. You know, there's no guarantee that they won't have to see the Jets in the playoffs. And we got we have to keep in mind that, hey, Rex Ryan's Jets never won a, um, a Super Bowl but at the time, the the, the Tom Brady Patriots were the, the Buffalo Bills of of the AFC East, and you know those Patriots did not want to run up on those uh, on those uh, Jets, right? Like those Jets would, at the very least, give them tough games if they didn't beat them in the playoffs. They just couldn't. That one year they couldn't get past uh, Pittsburgh. I think the school was. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, that's to me that's the red flag. Now the injury, there's even more of a red flag because now you're talking about your main guy, the unstoppable Josh Allen. Uh, might not be able to throw as well. And I think that injury, if I'm not mistaken, I think the injury is probably going to come down to some pain tolerance. Uh, but I also think it's a combination of bad um, bad form, bad technique that at some point would rear his ugly head. Right. And so Josh Allen might have to mechanically fix some things. Um, because if you look at his throwing motion, it's not a real natural throwing motion. It's, I mean, it's, 
it's, it's beautiful, right? Like, it's great to see, but I just, I don't think that it's conducive to having a long throwing career. And we see a lot of quarterbacks have to kind of change the throwing motion uh, as time goes on. You can look, there's a video of, like, Tom Brady, who has drastically changed his, and that's really the reason why he can play for so long. Peyton didn't change his, and Drew didn't change his, and you, and you see what happened. Those guys had injuries, and, you know, for all the time. But as far as Josh Allen, yeah, man, I, 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 it is a red flag. It is a red flag. As a matter of fact, if I had to put money on somebody winning the Super Bowl right now, I would not put it on them because I don't know how I don't know how they do with it with adversity. So mm-hmm. far, I, I don't think they've done very well with it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quite discount too much just yet. Um, the injury on, on Josh Allen was a, was an impact injury. If there was a video, he was uh, he was throwing a pass and. Um, it was a defender that, that kind of hit the ball as he was going forward with his arm. So that's what that's what caused the injury. Um, you know, it, it really all depends on on how how much of an effect the injury is going to have on Josh Allen. You know, if it's a if it's a one week or maybe two week injury, you know, that's something that they can survive. Um, but if it gets any longer than that, I mean, hey, their, their division turned out to be much more competitive than I think anybody really anticipated with the Dolphins and the um, and uh, and the Jets. And so, uh, you know, with that being said, they, uh, they, de- you know, they, they definitely can't afford for him to be out for too long. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to play this week. They were, they've been kind of close, close-lipped about it. Um, I know he didn't practice. I believe that was Wednesday. Uh, I'm not sure if he practiced on Thursday. So, uh, that's usually kind of your telltale sign. If a player didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday, uh, or you know, he may he probably participate in the walkthrough, you know, today and do that whole deal. But uh, if he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, it, 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 it's not a great look. That being said, obviously Josh Allen knows the offense. Um, you know, obviously if he can if he can play at all, it's better than having Case Kim on the field. So it may be a situation where, you know, they're going, hey, uh, you know, we're gonna hold him out of practice and then he's just ready to go on Sunday. Eighty um, percent of Josh Allen is better than ninety percent of the quarterbacks in the league. So uh, if he if he is able to go, then Buffalo should be able to kind of keep things afloat. Okay, so so. Um... So shipping right into the game, then Buffalo and Minnesota. Who y'all got in in Buffalo Sunday? Uh, it, I'm, I'm actually rolling with Minnesota on that, and, and I don't know if I would not pick Minnesota. Josh Allen being hurt or not? Oh, I, I just I just really like Minnesota, and I don't think that I think that what the Eagles did to them, I don't think many teams could do to them. Mm-hmm. And they and more than likely they've they've learned from that and kind of adjusted. Um, I just really like Justin Jefferson, but it. It's a very intriguing matchup. Um, with Stephon Diggs going up against the team that, that traded him and, and what they traded him for, which became Justin Jefferson. But I'm, I'm actually going to roll with the Vikings on this. And, I, and like I said, I would probably pick the Vikings, uh, Josh Allen being hurt or not. Okay. Uh, my, mine is, is completely hinged on whether or not Josh Allen is, is you know, at least roughly 80%. Um, if Josh Allen plays and, and he, can, he can be most of who he is, Maybe he can't quite, you know, make the, the big big bomb deep throws that he makes, you know, pretty regularly. Um, but if he can be most of who he is, I'm taking Buffalo. If he doesn't play and they got to put out Case Keenum, I'm going with Minnesota. Okay. One thing I, I can say that I want to nitpick with on Buffalo is that as good as they are, nobody really talks about how their defense is starting to, you know, like allow a lot of more yards uh, now. Nobody's really talking about – I know Von Miller is still Von Miller at times, and he can – he can still finish a game off. He can get that stop that you need to seal the deal and get the win. He's still that guy I can see now in Buffalo. But other than that pass rush, they're not that good right now in stopping the run. 
they're allowing some rushing yards and the defense, you know, as a whole. And what about the running game or the lack thereof? They still just don't commit to the running game. And it's cold in Buffalo. You can't be throwing the ball all willy-nilly when December, January gets here. Uh, I know it's not December or January yet. So with that being said, I'll take Buffalo. I think that they win, even with Case Keenum. I think they can win this game if they slow it down and run the ball more and keep it more balanced. They throw the ball too damn much, even though they are good at it. Balance it up. Keep a balanced offense. Keep Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and all those guys off the field, and they should be all right. I'm going to go with Buffalo just for the simple fact that both teams will be 7-2 and two at the end of this game. And uh, Kirk Cousins... He doesn't perform too well outside of that, that dome in Minnesota. It should be pretty chilly in Buffalo right about now. So I'll take the Bills even though, you know, like the Vikings, they are what their record says they are. They win this game, they're 8-1. They're already 7-1, but people are still not respecting them just because, hey, the Eagles killed you. And nobody thinks they could beat the Eagles if they played 10 more times. I, I don't, I, that's not me. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying. I'll go with Buffalo. I'm, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are, Nick. <laughs> All right. So um, we talked about Josh Allen. We talked about his injury. We talked about Buffalo and Minnesota. Before we get into the rest of the games or a few more games, is OBJ going to sign in Buffalo now that Josh Allen has this, this situation? The Cowboys are recruiting him heavily. Even Jerry Jones is talking. Mike McCarthy is talking. Parsons is talking. Oh, my God. Everybody's talking. Ezekiel Elliott. But then there's the Giants who still say when asked, yes, we're down for a reunion with, with OBJ, with the Giants, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones and those guys coming off a of bye week. They're still, you know, they've only got two losses. How seriously do you take them? How seriously would you take them if they have OBJ? They're not talking about my Niners anymore. And after the injury that they had yesterday, we probably should be trying to find a decent corner out there in free agency, not a wide receiver, however, I say give Garoppolo all the tools and weapons that you can. Where do you guys see OBJ going? No, I'll start with Nick. OBJ is going to the Chiefs. That's that's my two cents. I feel like, uh, and, and I'm not saying to say that he's a he's a bandwagon guy, so to speak. But I think he's going to look at that situation and go. There, there's no true dominant receiver over there. Uh, I mean, and it's not entirely unlike the situation with the Rams last year. I know Cooper Cup had an incredible statistical season, but if you're if you're OBJ, you're looking at that and going, "There's nothing that guy does that I can't do, and that I I don't think I you know me at my best can do better than what he does." Um, and so you know when you look at, at, at the Chiefs situation, you've got Mark uh, Marquez Valdez Scanling, you got Juju Smith Schuster, uh, and you got McCole Hardeman, and then obviously Travis Kelsey is, is Travis Kelsey is really kind of the de facto number one. Uh, over there, so I think OBJ looks at that and goes, "Hey, I I can bring a lot of that that Tyreek Hill kind of energy, you know, back to that team, and uh, possibly what what kind of puts them over the top." They're the one team, uh, you know, as an Eagles fan, there's not you know not really much in the NFC that kind of scares me. But if OBJ signs with the Chiefs and we you know get to the Super Bowl against them, that that's going to make me open my eyes a little bit. I'm like, all right, guys, we you know we're really going to need our best game to get this one done. So I, my lean is that he's going to the Chiefs. Um, I do definitely see the Bills as a viable option. I think the Cowboys are, are pushing pretty hard. At least the players are. So um, the only thing I think might, might would kind of change that is if it comes down to a money thing, if, if the Chiefs are willing to pay them more or if the Cowboys are willing to pay them more or whoever, then that may sway them slightly, um, just depending on how big their gap is. But uh, I'm, I'm leaning towards the final with Chiefs. You know, something in my gut is telling me Cowboys, and I don't know. 
Uh, this is not any kind of inside source or, or just uh, kind of the, the momentum lately has all been towards the Cowboys. Yeah. So, I, you know, if I had to place a fan duel wager on this, I would. And, and there might be that possibility. I don't know. Uh, and I think we should know something soon. I think today he gets, he gets cleared by doctors, full contact. So I, um, I'm i going to roll with the Cowboys just based on, on the momentum. And I think that he would definitely give that team a totally different dynamic to be able to have him him on one side and CD Lamb on the other side with Dak just coming back and the run game still being great. Uh, you know, that could be a lot for a lot of teams going down the stretch. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. But I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to the Giants for a reunion there. Okay. All right. Good stuff, guys. Nick goes My with the Chiefs. The Cowboys pick is that all the momentum seems to be coming from them. It's not, it's not him saying, I want to lose one. It's, it's hey, come here, come here. And so that, that's anything about Dallas like you're saying Nick he's not he re he's been tweeting with Von Miller he's been tweeting with other players from other teams he hasn't done that with the a Cowboys player I don't think so and that's not to say he's not going there maybe that's exactly where he's going because he's not uh showing us you know on social media him you know tweeting or or talking responding to anything that one of the players have have stated or said about signing him we're talking about where is OBJ going ladies and gentlemen here on the great debate show live on Facebook uh Early today on a Friday. Uh huh. I just want to say, can we get like an OBJ signing day where he like puts a hat on or a helmet on or something? <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? He might. He might do it on Twitter. Probably, I would love it. I prob- watch. It. Probably Live. so. Probably so. I'm not sure where he's gonna go, guys, but I'm gonna stick to what I said. If he goes to Kansas City, I still think that's being greedy. Even though I know they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore, it's it's. They've shown us that that doesn't matter. They're still good. They're still going to move the chains. They're still going to put up yards. I mean, put up points and get yards and get touchdowns, and they're going to score, and they're going to whoop your ass. They're showing us that without Tyreek Hill, without OBJ. So I think they're just being greedy if they get him. Now, it's all about where OBJ wants to go if he wants money or not. If money is an issue, he's not going to certain teams that we think he will. If money is not an issue and it's really just – I want to win a Super Bowl again, and I would like to play in the Super Bowl and not get hurt and and, and and enjoy the whole thing a lot better than last year in L.A., then he could pick he could pick my Niners. He really could. And I'm going to roll with that. I'm going to stick with that because I think there's still something there from the last time he was trying to get to San Francisco. He walked up to John Lynch on a Monday night football game and said, come get me. We tried. But the problem was the Giants asked for DeForest Buckner in return. The Niners said, hell no, hung up the phone. And they ended up going to go get D Ford from Kansas City. But they were trying to get OBJ from the Giants. The Giants wanted Buckner in return, so that deal was off the table. I didn't understand that because they still traded Buckner the next year to Indianapolis. So, you know, but then he got traded to Cleveland. Then after Cleveland, he finally became a free agent and he went with the Rams. And um, now I think this is his time. Shanahan has spoke on it. Uh, OBJ has kind of put it out there that he would love to be a Niner still. I wouldn't be surprised, man, if it's still my Niners. I know we don't need him. We probably should be going for 
uh, a corner right now after Jason Verrett's injury. Uh, and then again, we still may not. Indomitian Sue, I don't know when Armstead is coming back. He's missed another day in practice. I'm still talking about that sign, and that hasn't happened. But uh, I still won't be surprised if OBJ picks the Niners. Yes, he could pick the Chiefs. Yes, he could pick Buffalo. But I think those are just greedy if if, if those teams try to go get him. Uh, but I understand why he would go there. He wants a ring. I, I, I just It's just something still telling me Kansas City's not going to win this whole thing, uh, regardless of if OBJ goes there or not. But we'll see. Uh, OBJ, it's coming. We're, we're approaching mid-November. And uh, he's about to make his decision because he will be ready to play, I think, uh, immediately early December. I think they got pushed back a little bit because it was supposed to be mid-November, but we're already here in mid-November. All right, so I'm going to log off of Facebook Live. Uh, when that link goes up, ladies and gentlemen, you click on it, and then you can hear this episode in its entirety as it goes up. Of course, we're going to keep doing our thing here on Podbean on my end and YouTube Live. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Great Debate Show. Follow and download, rate, review. Uh, so, Nick, what about these games? Now that we're done with OBJ and where he could go, we talked about the you know best defensive player in the league. We've talked about the Cowboys, Chiefs, and these teams that could get him. Now let's get into some more of these games, interesting games that he is. And I would say, besides Minnesota and Buffalo, uh, what about Denver and Tennessee? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's interesting, but the Broncos need a win. And uh, they're playing the Titans. We also have the uh, Rams and the Cardinals. This is a must win for both. Honestly, this is a win. This is a must win for both. I could care less who wins it, uh, to be honest with you. But Calamari and Cliff Kingsbury, that divorce needs to end. And um, let's see who else we got besides those two. Uh, the Niners are hosting the Chargers on Sunday night football. Uh, that is definitely uh, – it should be a good game. Justin Herbert – uh, how is the Niners defense going to fare against him? And, uh, you know, and how many players are they going to get back on the defense? Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's go with. Oh, and quickly, I want to talk about De uh, Deontay Foreman just real quick, because that guy um, was the backup running back for the Titans last season. And then King Henry goes down and Foreman had a pretty decent second half of the season. Decent enough to where the Carolina Panthers wanted to sign him. And then he was Christian McCaffrey's backup. But then he got traded to my Niners. And now he's a starting running back in the NFL and making the most of it. He had about 130-something yards. He got in the end zone once or twice. Just wanted to say kudos to him. I talk about this league and how fixed it could be sometimes and how I think, you know, that they're, they're rigged or not. But one thing I never try to do is take away the talent. I mean, take away the skills and the talent from these players. They are good. And I just want to just tip my hat to Foreman because he's making the best of his situations. And, um, uh whether you call it luck or he's just blessed or whatever, this is a good thing for him because now he's finding himself as a starter. And if you told me that he's running behind Derrick Henry, I would say you ain't going to never get the ball, bro. If, if, if you tell me he's playing behind Christian McCaffrey when he's healthy, you ain't going to get a lot of carries, bro. But now he's the starter. So shout out to Deontay Foreman. He's found a home in Carolina. And congrats to the Panthers on getting that win on Thursday night football, beating the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons messed up. They dropped the ball. They had a chance to uh, take advantage of the NFC South because you know Brady's coming. You know the Buccaneers are about to go on the road more than likely, and they dropped the ball and lost the, a game that they should have probably won in Carolina. Okay, so looking at the games, guys, um, who do y'all like in the matchup between Seattle and Tampa Bay? That's what we'll we'll go with that one before we get into the Niners and the Chargers. Tampa Bay and Seattle were playing in Germany on Sunday morning, and this is a game that nobody 
nobody expected for it to be, you know, anything meaningful. But Geno Smith and the Seahawks lead the NFC West, and that kills me to say that out loud, but they do. And they are going to be playing the Buccaneers. Buccaneers have been struggling. They barely won last week. Who do y'all have, starting with Terrence? Buccaneers, Seahawks in Germany. Uh, it's like you just said, the Buccaneers are more than likely about to go on the road. It's very impressive what the Seahawks have been able to do this year while we, we kind of all expected them to be uh, in tanking it and in the running for a first pick, and here they are leading their division. But I do think it's time for Tampa and, and Brady to get it together. And also, Brady is 3-0 and in international games. So you know how we are about streaks around here. I'm, I'm going to expect for that streak to keep going and for Brady to be 4-0 in international games and for, them, for the Bucs to get the win. Yeah, I, I'm a little torn about this one because, uh, you know, like I said, obviously the Seahawks have had a much better season than I think anybody predicted going into it. Um, Geno Smith obviously has, has looked very much, very much revived his career kind of there at Seattle. Um, looking at the lines in the game, they've got Tampa Bay actually as a two-and-a-half-point favorite, which I was uh, I was surprised by. Um, I don't know. Tampa Bay was able to get it done last week, but it's hard for me to really put – a lot of faith in them going forward. They, you know, obviously Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and he's very hard to bet against. Um, and this, this does seem like a setup for him, a setup game for him to kind of get, uh, you know, beat a, beat a good team and be able to kind of get some momentum uh, going forward. But I'm a roll with the Seahawks, man. I, you know, I think people have been been trying to wait for the for the other shoe to drop in Seattle, you know, all year, and uh, you know they've only lost three games and won six. And uh, you know, I, I see them leaving Germany at seven and three. Uh, I think the Seahawks go out there and get it done, and I, I think they need to start getting some more respect. All right. Okay. Good stuff, guys. Uh, so that is the Sunday morning game between the Buccaneers and the Seahawks. Uh, I need the Seahawks to lose, guys, so I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going I'm going Tampa Bay. Uh, I, <laughs> I hope they lose, and I think they will lose, even though, again, I'll say it again, Geno, He's been phenomenal. That offense has been phenomenal. And every week that Geno Smith wins and Russell Wilson loses, it makes Terrence look smarter by the day on what he said about Russell Wilson possibly being a system quarterback. We'll keep coming back to that depending on how, you know, this season uh, goes. All right, so the Giants host the Texans. Not much to talk about there. The the Lions and the Bears, uh, the Bears are on a roll. I think they're about to go on a little roll here maybe. Adding Chase Claypool and, and things like that. And Justin Fields just really starting to find his way here. We see now that he is what we thought and hoped that he would be. And that when the team starts getting better or a little better, or he just starts to see in the field a little bit better and the game starts to slowing down for him, you realize that, okay, yep, they made the right move. So that the Bears host the Lions. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Bears will probably get that win. Jacksonville at Kansas City. Nothing to talk about unless the Jacksonville Jaguars upset the Chiefs. Then we'll talk about it on uh, on Monday or Tuesday's episode. Uh, the the Saints at the Steelers again. Boring. Uh, I won't be surprised if the Saints go in there and win though. If it's not too cold in Pittsburgh, and uh, this is looks like the finally the year that the Steelers are really not going to have a winning record because it's not looking good. Uh, does Cleveland and Miami interest you, or should I keep going? It's okay with me. Not really. I'm totally okay with you keeping going because none, none of those teams. I mean, I, the Cleveland Browns will interest me at all. Maybe in a, in a couple of weeks when Sean comes back. But, right, I right. Mean, that, should be a, that should be an easy win for the Dolphins. 
Texas. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree. Yeah, Miami should get that one. We've already did Minnesota at Buffalo. I'm going Buffalo, uh, even with Case Keenum, just because everybody's gonna pick. Bu- everybody's gonna pick Buffalo to lose, and that's when they'll probably get the win. And um, right now, Buffalo is still favored, though, at uh, minus 180. And the Vikings are a plus 152. So I'm not saying I'm not going to have the Vikings on my parlay somewhere, though. Uh, again, Denver at Tennessee. If the Seahawks beat the Buccaneers and Russell Wilson and the Broncos lose to the Titans in Nashville, we got to keep coming back to what Terrence said. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I kind of disagree, but, man, it, it's starting to look like I should be agreeing with him. We'll see what Russell Wilson does. Bronco country, I'm still hollering. Let's ride. We'll see. Um, but, again, that game's not really interesting. Jeffrey Simmons is playing for a contract in Tennessee. At some point, I think by the end of the year, we're going to be saying maybe he's one of the best defensive players in the league. He's causing and wreaking a lot of havoc in the interior of that D-line, and he's beginning to do the things and bring the attention that Aaron Donald does to him. And, you know, like, I don't know if Tennessee's going to pay him or not. They didn't pay A.J., but somebody's going to pay him a boatload of money, and he's going to shine. Oh, he did. Definitely is already one of the best defenses. But he, he, I don't, I don't think he really has an argument for him being the best. Yeah, he's one of them. Mhm. Yeah, that's right. He, he's definitely one of them. That boy's a monster. Yeah, yeah. Just want to just you know shout out to some of these guys that are playing good. We talk about the games and the team so much. Sometimes we forget to talk about the individual talents. Uh, the Colts and the Raiders. I'm not, I'm not touching that either. Uh, the Raiders need a win. But man, at plus one seventy six, I'm not saying I'm not gonna take a crack at the Colts getting their first win under new head coach or interim coach Jeff Saturday. Man, we talked about that all last episode. The Cardinals at the Rams. Do y'all care to talk about that or can I keep going? Doesn't matter. These games are really kind of, eh. you know, kind of, meh. Cardinals, Cardinals and Rams would be slightly interesting just because it's a, it's a division matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, a few teams that have been pretty disappointing. Um now we can skip it, like I said, because really that division at this point is the Seahawks or the 49ers, so. Yeah. And even the 49ers got some ground to make up. That's true. That is true. They do. Uh, okay. So, we talked about the – who else do I have here? Who else do I have here? Oh, um, who was that? Who was that? Okay, here we go. Cowboys at the Packers. That is one that I'm sure everybody is interested in. And not just because it's the Cowboys and the Packers. It's not the 90s. But, again – it's always still a good time to see the Cowboys and Packers play each other. You think about the old Brett Favre days, Trey Aikman and all of that stuff. The Packers need a win, y'all. Five straight losses. But the Dallas Cowboys don't give a damn about that. The Cowboys are balling right now. They've got their man Dak back. They're starting to get the swag back. Everybody's just feeling themselves right now, and they think OBJ could be approaching. So, guys, who do you have? It's getting cold up there in Green Bay, Wisconsin, though. Cowboys have to go up there to Lambeau. Keep that in mind. And keep in mind all the things that Aaron Rodgers does to the Dallas Cowboys that he's done in his entire career, and that has embarrassed him. He may not beat the Niners in the postseason, but he'll beat the Cowboys in a phone booth. But this isn't the same Packer team. So, guys, who do y'all like in this game? Uh, Cowboys at Packers. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was I was just about to make the analogy of Aaron Rodgers to the Cowboys the same way that it was the same way that Rich Miller was to the Knicks. Mm. He's just his best moments always comes against this team. So mm-hmm. if they are going to have any kind of uh, sign of turning the season around, it's got to happen Sunday. And I just got to say this: if it doesn't happen Sunday, it might be time to go on a sit uh, oh, a, a run down for the rest of the year and hmm. see what you got in your backup because the season would absolutely be over. Mm-hmm. Starting to hear that more. 
about benching him, yeah. Yeah, but I'm but I'm rolling I'm, and I'm rolling with Dallas. I don't I don't think that Green Bay is capable of, of doing that this year. Even if Aaron has a good game, mm-hmm. I think the Cowboys are just so much a better team. And honestly, the Cowboys are better built for the cold. This this is the problem with Green Bay. They're not a tough team anymore. You know, back in the Brett Favre days, they could run the ball and they could play tough defense, but they don't do that now. They just they just rely on Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers, and, and he can't do that. They don't win, and I don't think they'll win Sunday for the same reason. Yeah. Like I said, I think I think even well, not, I wouldn't say quite more so than the offense this year, but the defense has definitely been a bit. Well, I would say more so than the offense, and I would, the reason I would say the defense has been a little bit more of a disappointment even than the offense is because we had higher expectations of the defense uh, going into the season, and so uh, you know may, maybe this is a situation where they uh, they show up and are able to kind of stymie the Cowboys' offense to some extent, and if that's the case, then the game could get interesting. Uh, but I think I agree with you, Terrence. I think I'm going to roll with the Cowboys as much as it pains me to say it. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to roll with them to get, to get this one done. Uh, the Packers, I mean, at the end of the day, they're just not good anymore. Um, you know, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still, you know, one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league now and certainly, you know, arguably the most talented that we've ever seen. Uh, but he doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to, and he, he can't run routes and throw the ball to himself. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, with that in mind, it's uh it's it's kind of hard to have any faith in him to go out there and get it done. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. Okay. Yep. Um. You know me, guys. I have to be I have to be a little different. Um. But I'm gonna say the Packers are gonna find a way somehow to win this game after five straight losses and just the fact that Aaron Rodgers somehow some way always finds a way to embarrass the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think he's embarrassed him, but I think somehow, some way, he just finds a way to get the win. I know the Cowboys' defense is good, but, man, I don't know. Um, first of all, well, I don't know. I, I was going to ask what's going on with Randall Cobb, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I'm going to say Green Bay's going to find a way to get this win. I, I'm sure I'll be wrong, but I don't know, man. He just always beats the Cowboys. I don't see it being any different regardless. The Cowboys can just have a bad day. Maybe they'll screen the Cowboys to death. You can run at Mika Parsons again, something that I've said to slow them down. Some of the things that they kind of do to Bosa and the Niners, uh, kind of beating us at our own game and jet sweeping us, just whatever they can do to keep those guys from rushing the quarterback. Now, again, if the Packers get down, it's over with. They got to throw more, and here they come. But if they can keep this game close, I'm going to say somehow, someway, Green Bay gets to win here. Um, Mike McCarthy. How he will be received when he comes to Lambeau Field, I think, is uh, also very important. I don't know. Will he get booze? Will he get cheered? Seems like he's uh, very emotional about going back there to Green Bay. And I'm sure that the fans will be, uh, you know, pretty happy to see him there. But I don't know if he gets to win. Uh, so. I, I do agree with you. I, I think the, the Packers' path to a victory um, actually goes through Aaron Jones. And they need to use him more. That's that's another one of their issues. They definitely need to use him more. I'm not saying the Packers well, are about have, to. They haven't been able to because they keep getting down in games. Yeah, that's that is true. That is true. Okay. I mean, they they do use him in the passing game, but you know, with the passing game they use him in, it's kind of an extended running game more so than a true passing game. So yeah. Um, you know that that's kind of the issue there is that they they because they're losing, they can't feed him as much as they feed Aaron Jones as much as they would like to. I think if they're going to get it done this week, that's 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 the path to it. Mm-hmm. Just to go through a, up to those run that two headed monster running back. Right. Yeah, and, and something something to watch out for. Um, I saw a report maybe yesterday or the day before that where the Packers receivers are actually pissed at Aaron Rodgers because they're tired of being the, uh, the scapegoat. 
it's just he, a, he didn't show up for, for training camp. He didn't show up for OTA. Yeah, absolutely. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see some, I don't know, maybe some half-hearted efforts from some of the receivers. Could be the cases. At, at the very least, it's something to watch out. Yeah, that's that's right. Good stuff to you. They they did come out and make those. Uh, we did hear those comments being said on yesterday. Um, I don't know if it was Bleacher Report or whoever, but and it, it definitely makes a lot of sense and can't argue with any of those receivers that are saying that. I just said the last episode, you all, that Aaron Rodgers is plenty to blame. While we're trying not to do that, I think we should be, and he should be held accountable. And a lot of those reasons is because I saw a lot of, you know, inaccurate throws, a lot of bad decision-making. And that's something that Aaron Rodgers hardly ever does. Uh, again, me and Nick were talking before the season started, and I said that as good as Aaron Rodgers is as an arm talent, from an arm talent point of view, he always seems that when the game matters the most, he's playing not to lose the game. He's not playing to win it. Nick debated with me on that. Whenever you're ready to have that debate again, of course, not this episode, Nick. We, I'm here for it because I'm telling you once again, when he needs to make the plays, He's not really just taking the shots. He's not being that aggressive when he needs to. He's just trying to say, I didn't lose the game for you. Well, except for last week because we all know he lost those damn, that damn game. Three interceptions. He did. He only threw four last year, and he threw three in one game. This is not the same Aaron Rodgers. T, you make a good point. But with all that stuff coming out, this is the reason why I think they want us to all pick Dallas. Watch out for Green Bay getting this win. Uh, now, San Francisco hosting the Las Vegas Chargers. Not Las Vegas, the Los Angeles Chargers on uh, Sunday Night Football. Uh, let's uh, let's see. Who do you got on that game, guys? Uh, I don't know about any injury report, who will be playing or who will not. As far I know Justin Herbert will be. But as far as Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, who both missed last week's game and still got a win uh, in Atlanta, barely, but they got it. I don't know. I don't know who's playing. They both may be back for this game. They probably uh, missed last week because they were ready for San Francisco. They felt like they needed to sit out and get ready for San Francisco. I'm not sure. But uh, Terrence, Niners hosting the Chargers. The Niners looked very explosive the last time we saw them on offense. But the defense keep taking these damn injuries, man. Uh, the outside was going to look really good if Jason Verrett didn't get hurt, but he did. He tore his Achilles on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and um, – just, just he can't win for losing, man. Just bad luck. If anybody doesn't know who he is, he's a good corner that can never stay healthy. Drafted in 2014 uh, uh, from the Chargers. That's actually the team that drafted him. And um, he's just been, it's just been a, a downhill since then from there. He's tore his ACL twice. He's now tore his Achilles twice. Those are just things that I just want to remind you guys. I don't know if, Arm, if Eric Armstead is going to be back yet. He's missing practice. Uh, but we do have Elijah Mitchell, the running back, back. I guess I'm saying I'll have to say this, guys, before you make your pick. The offense looks like it's going to be, woo, bonkers. It's going to be dynamite. But the defense, we still got people out. Um, and the ones that are coming back probably shouldn't be back yet. I don't know how much to buy help this or not. Who do you got, T? Chargers, Niners. Uh, I'm, I'm rolling with the Chargers. Uh, I'm just going to – I'm just basing this, basing this on if the um – uh, both receivers are back. Uh, I think Keenan Allen has been out since the first game of the season. So at, at some point, he's got to come back from that hamstring strain, I think is what it was. But anyway, I just think that the Chargers can uh, it kind of stretch the 49ers out in, in ways that a lot of teams can't with a deep passing game. So I'm going to roll with the Chargers. But, man, with the way these, both of these teams are banged up and, and the way the 49ers run the ball, I, it's, it's, it wouldn't be a surprise if the 49ers did pull it out. 
I'm going to roll the charges just based on their style of play. I'm going to make Jarvis the happy guy this morning. I'm going to roll with the 49ers. Uh, they are a touchdown favorite going into the game. Uh, from what I'm seeing here, it doesn't look like Keenan Allen's going to play. Uh, let's see. I don't know about Mike Williams. I don't see anything regarding him. I don't th- I don't know like I even see him on the injury report. So I think the uh, I think he'll at least play. I'm going to roll with the 49ers. Um, they seem to be a more complete team. Uh, uh, argu- arguably, oddly enough, as it is to say, a healthier team. Um, even though I mean, both teams obviously are pretty decimated with injuries. Um, I, think, I think the Niners are nothing else. Their defense will show up a little bit better than what the Chargers will. Um, so I'm rolling with the Niners. Okay. Well, you know I'm going with the Niners. Um, hey, not because. Y'all get Debo back this week too, don't you? Huh? Y'all get Debo back this week? Yeah, Debo's back. Debo's back. He's been okay. practicing. He's been practicing all week. So, yeah, I think he's back. Uh, guys, I think we can win this game without Debo, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not afraid of the Chargers. I'm not afraid of uh, their aggressive coaching and, you know, play calling. And, you know, like, we know they're going to go for some fourth downs. We know Justin Herbert's going to be in it to win it. He's not giving up. Uh, but he's got a rib injury still that nobody's talking about. It's not healed 100%. Those things don't happen just like that without, you know, some type of medical work or surgeries or something. He's just taking a lot of shots, more than likely, dealing with the pain. Uh, but I don't think the Chargers win this game. They are good. And um, our, our tackles, McGlinchey, he says some things, though, that makes me think that he probably won't even allow a sack this week. I heard him in the locker room talking about how he apologizes to all the Niner fans like myself who were mad that we picked him, Mike McGlinchey, our right tackle, uh, over Derwin James. I was one of those guys. And four years later, he still hasn't made me regret that shit. Um, he's he's trash for the most part. He he's always holding. He's always getting penalized. He's always getting beat. You know. So and if he doesn't get beat, it's because he held. Uh, he's just not good. And uh, I think he got drafted number nine overall because he played right next to Quentin Nelson, the left guard that was in Notre Dame, while he was the left tackle at Notre Dame. Uh, but that's neither here nor there because he said that is the reason why I think he may keep Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, or whoever. You know, I think he may keep them out of the backfield and keep his quarterback clean. Uh, even though he's not good, he may have a good game. We're going to run the ball. The Chargers don't stop the run that well. I think we'll be fine. I'll take the Niners. Not going to be on that too long. But, again, Jason Verrett, that injury is devastating because I was thinking to myself that, man, if he can get back to that 2020 form, we're going to be all right without Emmanuel Mosley, who went down and tore his ACL earlier uh, in the season. And uh, you've got to pick your poison again. If you can't throw it outside, you're going to have to throw everything back inside in the middle. And there's Fred Warner in the middle. Good luck with that. Like we were doing the first couple of weeks of the season. We were we were, we were were unstoppable. We were a top five defense hands down. But we're not now because a lot of these guys are out. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But I'm taking the Niners over the Chargers. Monday Night Football. And we can wrap this up. Monday Night Football is the... Washington Commanders going against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Nick, your Eagles are at home. Your heavy favorites, 10 and a half on the points, minus 510 on the money line, over under 43 and a half. At home on a Monday Night Football, I don't find this interesting at all, even though the Washington Commanders have been kind of making a run here and they and they're, you know, starting to starting to look like they could they could they could shock some people. They could upset some people. Ron Rivera, we know how well-respected he is as the head coach. This is the division game, Nick. All right? Don't get too arrogant. 
do you think your guys are going to hold on to this win and get it fairly easy, or do you think the Washington Commanders could come in here and steal a victory from you? Of course I think we're going to go ahead and get it done. I mean, you know, Washington, Washington hasn't won a couple of games. I think one of those was against Green Bay. Uh, they also beat, what was it, Colts or somebody like that. Um, so, I mean, it's nice. It's, it's good for them. Um, they've obviously got, they've got some other things going on right now. There's some, some discord in the locker room. Apparently some guys were pretty upset uh, regarding the statement that the commanders put out um, once they, you know, once the announcement came that the attorney general uh, up there was, was uh, you know, he was going to have hear that press conference yesterday where he announced that they actually are suing uh, the commanders and, and the NFL for uh, colluding to kind of obscure some things for them when it came to the investigation they did into some of Washington's workplace practices. And, uh, so of course, Washington responded by bringing up the, the Brian Robinson, uh, the running back, who shot earlier this season. And, you know, how the AG needs to be focusing on finding uh, the person who shot him and kind of all those things. And so uh, the, from what, I'm, what, I'm, what I've heard, players are not too happy about that you know they didn't feel like it was it was appropriate for them to kind of use that um it's kind of trying to use them as a shield and a scapegoat to keep um keep the hd out, out of their pocket in terms of their, their workplace practices and uh so because of that you know maybe these guys are, are a little less focused um either way even if they are 100 focused um I, they're, they're just not a better team than the eagles and i, I know that's expected to be said coming from me um but they're just not and uh, so, no, I, I expect us to get it done and uh, move to 9 0. Okay. All right, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to echo Nick, but I, I've got to echo Nick. I mean, hey, all the other stuff aside, the commanders are just not good enough. It's just that simple. And, uh, I know this is a division game. You're supposed to kind of expect the unexpected, but there's not much to expect here except for a beatdown. Mm hmm. Yep. Pretty much what you said, T. Everything you said, Nick, as much as I would like to call the upset, I'm going to hold on on that. I'm going to hold off on that, I mean. I don't think it's going to happen until the Indianapolis Colts host the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that game is in Indy. And if it is, then I know I'm going to be right, uh, especially with Jeff Saturday being the interim head coach. I'm going to hold off on you all getting upset, taking your first L. I don't think that happens until you go to Indy. So, yeah, give me the Eagles. Monday Night Football. Um, they got to do better with these primetime games, though, especially Thursday night. Because nobody watched the Panthers and the Falcons, really, on last night. And I don't know if anybody's going to really care too much about the Titans and Packers. Not just because it's the Titans and Packers, but because Aaron Rodgers just hadn't been looking good and the Packers haven't looked good. But if they beat the Cowboys, then maybe this game is more intriguing. And if Malik Willis can get more RPOs, and if they can just run the ball with both of those guys, uh, you know, and just... Just make them pick their poison on who they're gonna, you know, who they're gonna look out for on those reads, and you know, a little more play action and naked boots with Malik Willis. Man, the Titans can be dangerous here, uh, but they just have to do it more and take the training wheels off Malik Willis. Maybe that game will be interesting, but Prime Video has been getting screwed, if you ask me, this season so far with this deal they have with the NFL. They've been picking. The, it seems like the the worst game that you will want to see, that you will not want to see. The least game that you would watch on Sunday, they say, all right, take that one, put it on Thursday night. But anyway, um, we're going to keep it moving. That's it for the football games also. Guys, I just want to ask you a quick question, though, because it is um, it is said, and we're about to get, get out of here and wrap this up, it is uh, some issues going on with all of these players getting hurt. I know me. I can be a little insensitive sometimes. I don't mean any harm. I want these guys to be healthy. It's just sometimes I don't even believe that they're – 
really injured when they say they are. So, Debo, I'm not one of those guys that's always bashing these players. I, I, I saw what you said. I saw your tweet or whatever, you know, talking about fans just have no, no chill and they have no emotions when it comes to players getting hurt. Whatever. Whatever. They're fans, all right? Your job is to play the game if you don't get hurt. And we know it's, it's the, that's the name of the game. But that, that, get off of these Niner fans, man. Anybody that's saying what they're saying about Jason Verrett, I'm sure some feel his pain. But at the same time, you were, you were kind of expecting him to come through and, and make it for half a season, and he couldn't even make it through a whole damn practice. I mean, just, ugh, it can be frustrating. I'm sorry. But anyway, with these injuries, man, a lot of people are saying that the turf has a lot to do with that. And so – it is said, this is what Devondre Campbell uh, uh, tweeted the other day. He said, this is two weeks in a row we've had players uh, get injured on turf fields. Who does Campbell play for? Devondre Campbell. That sounds it sounds familiar. Um, the Packers? Okay, okay. He said that it's been two weeks in a row that we've had players get injured on turf fields, and I think it's time y'all take some of the money y'all make off of us and invest it in grass fields for every team around the league. The turf is literally like concrete, and it has no give when you plant. Of course, your leg or your foot in it. That's what he's saying. And then after that, we saw a statement from the NFLPA where they sent a letter urging the NFL to mandate immediate removal of slit film synthetic surfaces from all playing fields. Guys, is this the reason why these players are tearing their their, their shit all the damn time every week here? Uh, is there an issue here? And is the NFL going to listen to the NFLPA? So, according to the the response, I think it was uh, some somebody within the league. Um, they, they were either in an interview or something along those lines. But, uh, so, according to that, uh, the answer is no. There's no really significant statistical difference in terms of the injury rates to players mm-hmm. uh, on turf as opposed to on grass. That being said, I, I'll pull on my own kind of former player experience here. Um, the turf is, is fun to play on to some extent just because uh, it, it does allow you to kind of move a good bit faster uh, to make, you know, some quicker cuts and kind of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, but it, it, is, it is a stress on the joints, man, on the, on the knees and the ankles. Uh, you know those those parts of your body that you that you really lean on when you do have to plant and change direction, mm-hmm. and it, it, it it's a stressor for sure. I mean, um, particularly you know you got to think about it. It's a little different when you're on a basketball court, for example, because you're playing in in court shoes, and and so there's nothing that's really kind of sticking your foot into the ground, so to speak, um, when you have to change direction there. But in football, on those fields, that 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 kind of underbedding of the of the turf is essentially ground up tires. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when you're running on that and you have to change direction and stop and do all of this, it, uh, you know, it, it, you, you can even feel it just as a player when you, when you, you know, the next day, you can even feel kind of the additional soreness that you may have in the joints or in your ligaments or in your Achilles and, and those sorts of areas. So, um, I agree that, you know, I think, I think it is a worthwhile investment for the league to go ahead and mandate that, uh, that teams play on natural grass. Um, I think, I think you would see. A decline, uh, particularly in the more specifically in the, in the soft tissue issue in uh, injuries, and in those you know the ACLs and the Achilles, and maybe even the hamstrings and kind of that sort of thing. So um, I agree with with Devontae Campbell and, and uh, apparently a number of the other players that a uh, natural grass should be the default for the for the league at this point, and they certainly can afford it. Mm, hell yeah, they can. T. If the players say it, I automatically agree with it. It's just that simple. They're the ones that's out there. They're the ones that. They know their body. They know what they feel. I, I, I'm rolling with that. Hmm. 
That's it. I couldn't agree with you more. That's exactly all I was going to say too, T. <laughs> if the player said it, damn it, I believe it. It may sound sense. It makes sense to me. We've all been on the football field before. We played a little bit at some level. And if it's basically concrete, hell yeah, some stuff going to get tore when you plant that foot, man. And we're watching it happen. Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas was bitching about what happened at MetLife Stadium last year. I mean, in 2020, when they both tore their ACLs on the same damn play on that, on that turf. And uh, Nick Bosa said, man, they got to get it checked. Nobody still hasn't done it. So, anyway, moving on. That's pretty much it. Other than Kyrie Irving is still, you know, having to do a lot of things. He's still going through all the protocols that they want him to do before he can return to the Brooklyn Nets. Adam Silver did come out yesterday and say that, man, look, after talking to Kyrie or whatever, I think they're supposed to be having a meeting. He said, man, I know what Kyrie did was effed up, but this man is nowhere near anti-Semitic at all. Does this mean he's going to come back and play soon? Uh, after the five games, or is he going to have to still do all of that other stuff in the community stuff within the Jew Jewish community? Community, I'm not looking at the list of things that he has to do, but quickly, is he going to come back and play basketball? Because sometimes I wonder if he will or not. And um, your take on that real quick, guys, before we get out of here with Kyrie. Yeah, he's coming back. Um, I think last night was either his – I think it was the fourth game he missed uh, last night, so he'll have one more. That he's uh, you know required at, at this point at least to sit out um, mm -hmm. before we before we will potentially see him. So um, you know I, I think he's going to be back. I, th I don't think that he would have even taken the meetings or gone to the meetings with with uh, Adam Silver. And I think there was another uh, some other step he took um, here in the last couple of days. So uh, I don't think he would have done that um, without uh, you know without having a plan to actually come back and play. Uh, of course, he issued the apology you know shortly after he uh, initially was suspended. So I think he will be back. It may end up end up uh, working out being maybe a six or seven game suspension, just depending on how fast he completes the other requirements that the Nets have set out, um, or if the if the uh, MBPA gets involved and and maybe sign me some of that. I'm not exactly sure what uh, what closed door conversations may be happening as it pertains to that, um, but I do see Kyrie Irving coming back and playing basketball now. What that ends up me actually meaning for the Nets. Um, now that they kind of got their coaching uh, situation a little more stabilized, obviously hiring uh, Jacques Vaughn, which I was, although it wasn't Ime Udoka, who was rumored to be basically a lock for the job. I was glad to see at least the Benet did still hire a black head coach. Um, Jacques Vaughn could, could uh, you know, could argue that he maybe should have had the job uh, even before Steve Nash got it. Uh, Ime Udoka was kind of in the same situation. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it is, it is a good thing for the league that another black coach was hired. Uh, I think I saw now that for the first time, the actually the majority of coaches in the NBA are African American head coaches, which I think is a great thing. Um, and so, uh, so you know, we'll, we'll see if Jacques is able to keep these guys kind of uh, kind of steady the ship here um, once Kyrie gets back and maybe get them to start reaching some of the potential that, uh, that we all thought they had. Okay, T. I know you got to get out of here. Your take, real quick. Hey, I. I I always thought that those punishments were too much. Uh, no matter what you, how you felt about the initial tweet or, um, you know, the lack of a response, I think that to me that's double punishment, and I'm never a fan of double punishment. So I, I just, I just feel like Kyrie, should, when those five games are over, Kyrie should be immediately reinstated. And I just got to say this too, right? The NBA is one thing, but let me, let me talk about Nike real fast. Who, Mr. Field Knight comes out and says that. Kyrie overstepped the lines. I think the eth ethical lines, I forgot exactly how he worded it. Mm -hmm. So what did Brett Favre do, Nike? Hmm. 
Mm. If if Kyrie, if Kyrie oversteps some lines, what the breath? Because you came out real fast and said you were not going to drop Brett Favre, which I don't even know what the hell Brett Favre says for you guys. It can't be much, <laughs> right? I didn't I didn't uh, know he came out and said that. That's that's wild. Yeah. So uh, I just I re- I'm really concerned about that because in the midst of the whole Kaepernick situation, Nike was real quick to put out their pro black commercial, right? With 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 um, I think it was a Kaepernick commercial. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I just got to say this too, right? Like I, you know, I, I worked in stores, and it got to a point to where a lot of a lot of people of a certain hue went by Nike because they felt like Nike was disrespecting the flag. I've had someone tell me that. I've had a white lady tell me that she does not buy Nike because she felt like Nike, quote unquote, disrespected the flag. Mm-hmm. Basically, Nike came out and and openly supported black people, so that was that was disrespecting the flag. Mm-hmm. But what is this right here? Because Brett Favre took a lot of money from poor people in Mississippi, and if anybody has enough, a couple of seconds to look up the demographics in Mississippi, you will see that those are mainly black people. Mm-hmm. So if Kyrie overstepped your ethical lines or your moral lines or whatever whatever word they, they use in that quote, uh, what the hell did Brett Favre do? Why, why haven't you dropped his support? So I I'll pull the curtain back a little bit further on that, on the Nike and Kyrie situation. So from what I'm, what I'm hearing and what I've read, uh, Nike was looking, was not looking really to renew Kyrie Irving's contract anyways. Um, after this, this, uh, Kyrie HU drop and, uh, and this actually has a Memphis connection. The thought is, is that once they let Kyrie go, the next signature shoe that's coming out for Nike will be that of John Morant. And so, you know, it, 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 it seems like it's more convenient than anything that they're able to do this now. Uh, you know, with kind of what uh, with the situation Kyrie's put himself in. Uh, but but that's the rumor is that hey, you know, the next signature shoe, next signature athlete they're going to sign, they're going to put out there is going to be John Morant shoes. So uh, I'll be interested to see if and when that happens. Um, certainly is, is is a good and happy moment for uh, for John for anybody that's a Grizzlies fan. Um, but you know, I don't necessarily agree that it should be at the expense. Of, of Kyrie Irving. Okay. Yeah, and, that, and that's how that's how I feel too. If if you want to say that, hey, you know, this is the end of Kyrie and my deal, and you know, we we you know we're going our separate ways, we've agreed to split ways, or we're just not renewing him. That's one thing. But don't use this as a scapegoat because that to me is cheap. It's cheap and it's very lame in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. Pretty much, I agree with everything you, you all said. And you can still cut ties with Brett Favre regardless. Yeah. Well, I, I got to say, I wish I could debate with you all on this, but hell, I agree with everything you said. And, Nick, I'm glad you brought up what you just brought up, you know, kind of confirming what's going on with Kyrie and the contract situation with Nike. It does make sense on why they're doing this, and that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, but it is cheap, T. I agree with that. Uh, now, again, it does seem a little mind-boggling on why they would support Cap, and now they're saying, hey, wait, wait, ho, ho, ho. We're not dropping Brett Favre. What did he do? You know, it, well, T just told you what he did. And it doesn't take but a minute or two to look up what he did for anybody that doesn't know. Uh, now, I would say, T, that there are probably just as many white people on welfare in Mississippi also that got screwed out of a lot of, a lot of money. But that's neither here nor there. In the end, when you get done, regardless of who the culture was or race that got screwed out, it was a lot of people that got screwed, thanks to Brett Favre. Uh, with that whole welfare thing that's going on uh, in the Department of Human Services in Mississippi, the poorest and, uh, state and in the country. And find more money. He, he, there's, another, there's another situation where they took like another $2 million. Yep. All for a damn volleyball, uh, <laughs> a volleyball arena <clears throat> that his this daughter is, plays on. Is, the, the last one was because of a, a, a concussion drug that he, he is investing in. Oh, and wow. they lied about their uh, their 
research to get more money. Hmm. Well, to answer your question, T, about the Kaepernick situation and why they stood up on that, I was very happy about that, too. But here's the reason why they done it. It's obvious now. Yeah, there was a few Caucasians that probably said, yeah, man, uh, the Nike, they're, they're, just, nah, they're disrespecting the flag. Oh, really? Just by supporting what a black man is doing? Okay, got you. You're right, T. But look, do you know how many, and not that black people already don't buy Nike like crazy any damn way? Man, as soon as they saw that commercial and they heard that Nike was, you know, you know, standing up for Cap and they had his back, the sales skyrocketed. There were black yep. people everywhere buying Nike. I don't give a damn. Yep. If they were a fan of Fila, Reebok, or whatever, they were Nike fans then. And all the people that love Nike and Jordans and everything else, they just went all in. They just, they just, it was just double the fun. So, I mean, it's just another wise and smart tactic again. You know, when it comes to the money, it's all money grabs, and that's what Nike was doing there, point blank, period. Uh, and Nick just explained why they're going to drop Kyrie. It is not even too much about that. It's just, hey, there's our chance right now, guys. Let's get them. And that's what they did. So, basically, that's it. Uh, again, <laughs> shame on you, Phil Knight. Uh, you definitely should be dropping Brett Favre. Come on, man. Are you uh, Seriously? But there's still going to be plenty of black people that are going to buy Nike shoes and they're going to say the hell with what you're talking about. I, I tell you, man, it's, seriously, if you want to, you know, it, it's crazy, man. It's just, um, I don't know. But that's all I got, man. We we just need to do better. And, you know, because the ball is never in their court. We just think it is, you know. And I'm not even just talking about a culture or one race. I mean, just do what's right. No matter what color you are, how you look, what culture, just do what's right. And if you can – if you can not, you know, buy things from Nike or if you cannot give the football, the NFL, the ratings or the NBA, the ratings or whatever for what they're doing and the Brooklyn Nets and what they're doing, stop buying the merchandise, stop buying the tickets, stop giving them the viewership. They would have to fold. It's just something that we never do. They would have to fold, you know. The only way that they're going to actually get put in their place is if somebody tells them all of this stuff is now owned by black people. Then we'll stop because we don't support anything black. You know, and I'm, and I'm speaking on black people. Uh, but that's neither here nor there either. This has been the Great Debate Show. We've talked about Kyrie. We've talked about Josh Allen's injury, where OBJ could be signing, uh, who's the best defensive player in the league. We gave you Week 10 predictions. And, uh, you know, briefly recap Thursday Night Football, uh, Atlanta and Carolina. That's it. Brady and Geno Smith, a showdown in Germany. Nobody thought that that would be interesting, but it will be on an early Sunday morning. Uh, I hope everybody does good with their gambling and their bets if they do bet. And if you don't, congratulations. That's good. Uh, because if, <laughs> you, you win when you don't bet. <laughs> you win. You really do win when you don't bet. Because if you were betting, you would see why I say what I say about the league. It just shows you every time if you watch the gambling, if you watch the fan duels and the DraftKings, this stuff can't be real. Um, and again, congratulations. We didn't even say it, I don't think, to the Houston Astros. They, they won the World Series a week ago. And we, I, don't, I don't think we mentioned it. But we want to congratulate Dusty Baker and the Houston yep. Astros, and he will also be returning. Um, me and T are going to try to squeeze some wrestling stuff in because there's so much to talk about. Soraya yeah. and Britt Baker, uh, uh, the uh, Sasha Banks possibly coming back to WWE. It wasn't AEW. She was just trolling. Uh, but just, just so much to talk about. Saw her and Naomi at the Black Panther uh, Wakanda Forever uh, uh, release on, on the red carpet with Big E and all of those WWE people. So, she, yeah, she's not going anywhere. Uh, Bray Wyatt, T, I know there's a lot of you got to talk about on that. And uh, well, we got to squeeze a wrestling episode in maybe on an early Sunday fun day. 
But uh, that's all I have, ladies and gentlemen. Is there anything that you all want to want to uh, uh, briefly say or whatever before we get out of here, guys? Upset pick of the week: Ole Miss beats Alabama at home tomorrow afternoon. Ah, there we and go. I, and I and I second that. Okay. Well, you know what? Let me triple that. Ole Miss will beat Alabama. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, so glad that Alabama lost uh, to Tennessee and LSU. So glad that they are out of the, the playoff fold, the top four, all of that crap. I've for, never been a fan. Now. Yeah. For, well, yeah, for now. They better be for good for this season. I mean, I don't know what would have to happen for them to get back in that. And we know it doesn't have to be much the way the the association does in, in NCAA. But I'm just glad that they're not winning. I hate Alabama and everything about Alabama. Uh, really the fan base for the most part because they're not real Alabama fans. And I'm not talking about the people in Tuscaloosa. I'm talking about the people all around this bitch. You know, like there's nobody from New York really an Alabama fan. But I know people here from New York saying that, yeah, I've always been a Crimson Tide. No, you have not. You mean since Saban arrived? And I hate Saban. Saban's overrated. Saban gets all the good players. But now that this NIL stuff is coming up and some of these guys can go here, 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 and there and still get paid a little something – Eh, you're not getting the best recruits all the time, are you? How about LSU? How about uh, we got to talk more college stuff? How about what's his name? Uh, I didn't, Brian Kelly, you know, going to LSU and the SEC and and putting a whooping on uh, well, getting the win on Saban. Yeah, that's all good. It's gonna be crazy in Oxford, Mississippi. We're not very far from Oxford, Mississippi. It's gonna be crazy. Nick, how many people did you say was gonna be there? Estimated. Estimated by. That's about 200,000 people going to be in Oxford this weekend. And if anybody, any of you have ever been to Oxford before, that's a lot of people to stuff in Oxford. Uh, that being said, if anybody is interested in the gambling lines, uh, Ole Miss is a plus 340 on the money line. Ooh. Uh, they also they also have given Alabama an 11.5-point spread to cover. Mm. I think at the very at the very least, um, you would be safe taking uh, taking Ole Miss to cover that 11.5. I'm leaning towards putting them on, a, on an underdog ticket and taking them on the line. Good tip. Good tip. All right. All right. That's good stuff. And, uh, yeah, we're going to – Alabama, Ole Miss, and Oxford, Mississippi, baby. Plus 340. I'm taking it. Uh, all right. That's it. We're out of here. I hope everybody has a fantastic Friday. Thank you for watching us on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live. The new episode is about to go up. Everybody on Podbean, everybody at Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, we, again, we appreciate it. You could have been anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with us, and we appreciate it. Jay-Z versus Nas. I think we're going to go with that one on the next on the next debate, uh, the, on the next great debate show. Nas dropped another album today, and it's King Disease 3. And he's that means that's three, four albums that he's dropped, because he did two last year, and Jay-Z hadn't dropped an album yet. Has he gave us some good feats here lately? Yes. But not even an EP or a single drop. Is it time that we say Nas has tucked the crown back from Hove? I don't know. Some people think that Hove never had the crown. But we're going to talk about it because it's Hove and it's Nas. I think that's what we're going to do on the next one. We'll see. But we got so much more to talk about. Who's the goat in comedy? We're going to start giving you these episodes somehow, way in the middle of the week or maybe on the weekends. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, people are coming to us saying, man, yeah, yeah, let's. I'll be here for that. Women are saying they'll be here for that. You know, uh, the R&B stuff and all of that. We've got to get more of that in here, not just all sports. But we do appreciate everybody that's been here with us for that. That's all I got, guys. I hope y'all have a great day as well. Uh, it's time to get out of here and and, 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 and and try to do what we do, man. Uh, y'all have a good day. Everybody have a good day. And, uh, man, y'all, please, 
Might be safe out there. Yeah, guys.